I am rolling with James because I don't think Kyrie does a whole lot of anything in this matchup. Again, Vegas Sportsbooks favor James a little bit more, but not by much. I'm still rolling with James. So take it, leave it, move on. Next up, Allen versus Davis. Again, Davis been getting his minutes limited a drastic amount recently. This is a second of the back-to-back. We don't know how many he's going to actually get in Allen. DeAndre Jordan might be out. Allen in for some more playing time here. I'm rolling with Allen getting one and a half rebounds. Last four games, he has had over double-digit rebounds. Vegas currently has him pegged for over double-digit rebounds. So, Allen, without DeAndre Jordan here, I know that Los Angeles has been very good versus Pigman, but Allen, I think, is going to be crushing the boards. Jordan is out. He's in for an increased minutes load. Over 30 in two of the last three. So I'm rolling with Alan. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back again tomorrow giving you some more props. I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What's going on, Grinders? Welcome to the DFS Strategy Show. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, with a new face that you guys might not know. Uh, His name is SBK. He is the uh, maker of projections, the protege of Soccer Dave, and a Philly sports lover. Uh, SBK, how's it going over there, man? It's going good, man. It's uh, it's nice to be on my first live show. I've kind of dabbled little bit uh, between podcast Morning Grind, along with Stevie and Noto um, about a year ago. Uh, we did ran that one for a little while and did some premium shows back in the day. So it's not my first cup of coffee, but definitely my first live show. So looking forward to it. Yeah, excited to dive in and break down uh, the stuff for uh, with you today. Uh, how about this? Before we kind of dive in, talk about like what you do here at Roto Grinders, right? You're on the projections team, and projections are awesome, right? They're some of the best things in the business. And uh, talk about the RG projections and what you guys are doing all day. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm just one, one member of a team. Um, so, you know, we have a handful of guys that contribute there. Um, but, yeah, a big part of my role is uh, doing the initial projection edits. Uh, and I also kind of monitor, monitor them throughout the day. Um, I manage our alerts team, news. So that, uh, that definitely keeps me busy throughout the day for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure you're very busy getting those projections ready for the people here that have subscribed over here on Roto-Grinders. We do have a couple of things I want to talk about before we dive in and talk about the slate. First thing up, if you guys hit that like and subscribe, we would really appreciate it. If we get 20 likes here, you know what we get? We get a, or sorry, 200 likes, my bad, 200 likes. If we get 200 likes, uh, we get Blender's Premium Tutorial. Uh, that is a that is a Roto Academy course, which he will break down his entire lineup building process and show you kind of what he's doing. And uh, you know, if you live in the uh, you know daily fantasy sports in 2020, you know that uh, you know building multiple entry lineups is important. Uh, it's a great way to win a ton, a ton of life changing money. So Blender will help you out with that. If you could give us 200 likes, 
We really, really, really appreciate that, and we will reward you with a nice free video. Also, we got a sharp side streak contest going on over here, guys. If you get five or more streaks in a row, you end up getting some FanDuel credit over here on the sharp side app. If you get 10, then you get like $20 of credit, and it keeps going up all the way to 30 as a streak. So all you have to do is go on the sharp side app and hit the lock button on a minus 143 bet or less, and you can start swiping and start collecting some free money. Uh, last thing up, we got to talk about the Rotor Grinders badge promotion that we got going on over here. Uh, if you haven't started doing that, you know, put the Rotor Grinders badge on your FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever site you play's logo. Put that on there, and you can get uh, you know some opportunities with some premium and whatnot. But we got uh, Swagonometry is one of our guys who just joined in, Beamers Boys, and uh, this guy's name is Brandon Bragland. Uh, thank you guys for joining and jumping in on the Rotor Grinders badge. Uh, SPK, what do you think about all that stuff? Free money and uh, free opportunity to get some premium? How's that sound? Yeah, dude. I mean, how can you complain with that? Um, yeah, the sharp side, sharp side uh, promo has been awesome. Um, and hopefully we can both uh, get our streaks going here today, too. Yeah, man. We'll talk about that as we dive in. And let's dive in. Let's kind of talk about this slate. Again, it's a three-game slate. We have a lot, a lot of time to kill. Uh, and, and I'm excited to talk about it since there's a lot of good strategy to go along the way. Uh, we're going to start off talking about this Wizards-Cavs game because a lot of the other games, they got tons of stars and there's tons of different stuff to talk about. But this is a game that it has a high total and some interesting players. So, uh, SPK, what's your first look on this game? So, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see some offense. These two teams are the worst two teams in defensive efficiency so far this season, um, which kind of explains the total. You don't generally see Cleveland with this type of implied total. Uh, if you watched their game against the Knicks on Martin Luther King Day, they could not hit broadside of the barn. They were awful offensively, but they're in a much better spot to kind of turn that around here. Um, they, Washington is coming off uh, an overtime game they played last night in Miami, had to tra travel to Cleveland today. They are also on their third game in four nights. So that for, for that reason, I'm kind of a little bit wary of, of heavily investing in Bradley Beal. Uh, he played his first, his most minutes since Christmas last night. So I could potentially see them kind of easing up on him a little bit. Um, but regardless, it's a great game to target. Uh, Davis Bertans is kind of, we've started to see his minutes rise a little bit. Uh, coming off his injury, he was uh, a little bit limited. We kind of saw him in the mid-20s. He, I believe he played 32 last night. He did see five minutes in overtime. So that's a little bit inflated. But given his price and just the role that, that he has right now, um, you know, he's still a little bit too cheap. I think he's viable in all formats. Um, yeah, let's talk about Bertans a little bit because I think he's an awesome play. And one reason I want to bring him up is if you look at his price tag on Fandle, right? He's 4.5K over there, which is too cheap. And he doesn't really fit that scoring. But even on DraftKings at 5K, he fits that scoring really, really well. So, uh, and again, this is one of those great games, right? Wizards and Cavs, two terrible, terrible defensive teams. So uh, I expect a lot of points to be scored. I expect you want to have some good exposure to this game and then mix in some of the stars in the other games. So, uh, yeah, Bertans is definitely looking to be a really nice value play. Yeah, for sure. There's a couple other value options here. I don't think any of them are terribly safe. Um, Thomas Bryan is a guy who I think people kind of thought when he came back that we'd start to see Jan Mahimi play a little bit less. That hasn't really materialized yet. Uh, we've seen Bryant under 20 minutes last night. He did get to almost 22 against Detroit. So given the permitted upside, there's maybe a little bit of GBP appeal there. Um, outside of that, well, here's, here's a question Here's a question with uh, Thomas Bryant, SBK, I wanted to ask you. Sure. So Mahimi's been getting a lot of work. You got him here projected at 19 minutes, right? But he's going to be 1% owned. This is a three-game slate. We need to find ways to get different, right? Um, what are the chances his minutes uptick out of nowhere? Is what, What's the reason why he's not really getting that run, you think? Well, I mean, Mahimi's been pretty solid. They've kind of have kind of shut down or, you know, kind of been better against center since he's been more of a, a part of that front court. Uh, given how many minutes he played last night, again, this is a third third game of four nights, I could see Bryant getting into the low 20s. It's just kind of something, you know, you're gambling on a little bit. There's not yeah. a whole ton of safety there. Yeah, and Scott Brooks, he's the type of guy, you know, he's playing all his different guys' minutes, and if someone's playing better, he's going to give them longer runs. So at 1% over ownership over here on Rotogrinders, I get it. The point per dollar is not the greatest at, at 4.2, but uh, might be a guy worth taking a shot on a little bit, uh, looking at his salary at 4.7. Again, this is a three-game slate, right? You've got to be different. Uh, you have to find some type of ways 
Uh, you just can't play all the chalk and uh, win all the money. In cash games, maybe, but not in the uh, large field tournaments. That's going to be a little bit tough. you got to find a differentiation play. Let's talk about Bradley Beal again because he's a great guy that you mentioned, and we talked about his minutes and it being a three and four nights. We haven't projected at 40% ownership. Uh, how are you going to approach him in tournaments? I think he's a guy, you know, in your optimal lineup, I think he pops a ton. He's a guy you're going to look at at 7.7K. But at that 40% ownership, how would you be approaching him in large field GPPs? So I think you kind of nailed it. I do think he's going to be popular. I think the price kind of keeps him in that cash game realm. But I think, again, the reasons I said earlier with this being last night being the most minutes he's played in a game since Christmas or before Christmas, like 23rd, he played 38 minutes. But given that, there's definitely a chance they could limit him a bit. You can see there we have him projected for 32 minutes, 32 minutes, which is a little conservative based on what he saw last night. But I don't think there's any guarantee that he is pushed that hard again here. So in tournaments, I mean, I am a single-entry GPP player. So I think I will not have Bradley Beal exposure uh, in my one lineup. It kind of depends on construction a little bit, and there's not a ton at the shooting guard spot that's really attractive to pivot to, which is another reason why I think we have him at that projected ownership. So for me, I'm going to try to find a way to not roster him. There's uh, a couple studs that we'll get to in the later two games that are priorities for me. So he's not someone I'm trying to jam in. If I if he ends up there uh, out of need because of the weakness of shooting guard, I'm fine with it. But he's definitely not a priority play for me. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, I do think he's a great, uh, you know, cash game play. The tournaments, it, it could get a little dicier. And with that ownership, I think there's reasons to maybe take some pivots off. Like, again, though, like you talked about, the shooting guard position, uh, you know, there's not the greatest pivots. And maybe if we get CJ McCollum in, that could be kind of interesting. We'll have to see what his ownership ends up and see if we get that news in time. If we do get the nose news, we'll break it down for you guys in real time. Uh, we got people in the chat. We got Yisman talking about his streak he has going on. He's at a streak of four after Colin, so he's one streak away. So good luck with whatever streak that you ride with tonight, Yisman, or if you wait till tomorrow to make sure you lock that thing in. Uh, good luck. We also got Chris Gimino. He's talking about the Thomas Bryan ownership. He said uh, 1% is a bit too low, so he's going to manually bump that up. Uh, we can uh, you know, refresh it throughout the show uh, and see, if, uh, see what the bump ends up being. But let's talk about some other plays, and we're talking about Wizards guards. Uh, let's dive in these other guys. I mean, Jordan McCree, he's 5K. Uh, it's a little bit of a revenge game for him, too. I don't know how much you factor that into the projections over there at Rotor Grinders here, uh, SBK. But uh, you got him. You got Isaiah Thomas, who I think you want to talk about a little bit. So uh, discuss some of these guards and what you're kind of doing with them on the Wizards side of the ball. So they're a little tricky. McCray's awesome. When he gets the run, uh, his per minute upside is up there with, you know, anyone at the shooting guard spot, especially without Beal, he was dominant for a stretch of time. Outside of that, it gets very tough very quick. Isaiah Thomas is not a guy I want exposure to in any format tonight. His minutes, he did see 24 last night, but relative to that, he's been kind of trending down. Um, he is, can I say this now that he's my under, uh, he's my, my street bet? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, I we, we teased it a little time about how you, how you had something to say about Isaiah Thomas. Uh, this is one of your, uh, you know, sharp side lock bets here. So uh, tell me your, your sharp side lock bet, and then I'll go into mine afterwards. So, yeah, this is my lock bet. I have under 11 and a half for Isaiah Thomas. It's a mark he's hit three times, I think, in his last 12 games. So him getting double-digit points has been a struggle. And, I mean, you can kind of look at the minutes and get an idea as to why that is. Uh, there's been – plenty of times over the last 10 where he has not even seen 20 minutes. So uh, he's going to need to be pretty efficient with that court time if he's going to hit that number. And I think the other thing he's got going for him, uh, or maybe going against me and my bet, is that the Cavs' backcourt is not good defensively. So he will probably have an advantage in, uh, in that way early on. I just don't know that the court time is going to give him enough of a chance to get there. So he's uh, – I, I, I like your bet as well, which I will get to a little bit later on, but uh, I definitely feel good about the under 11.5 for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, well, well, Devin's got the graphic up now, so uh, the people already have seen it probably, so we'll just talk about it now. I got Jared Allen at uh, over 9.5 rebounds. Uh, bet that one earlier in the day, and uh, you and I were talking when we got on air. You said, actually, I got the good closing line value, right? It's at 10.5 rebounds now. Uh, I got it the nine and a half, which is great. The projections seem to have him at like around 12 ish rebounds. And the reason why is, uh, you know, 
Jared Allen. He's like the only big man in town right now. And we'll, we'll kind of break that down once we get uh, you know deeper into the slate. But that is my lock bet. I love Jared Allen in this spot, despite it being the Lakers, right? You'd think that's not the easiest match to rebound against, but uh, he's the only show in town. That's kind of the reasoning. And uh, player props aren't that efficient, in my opinion. And uh, they're just not uh, calculating for what's going on in that situation. But Let's let's dive in and keep talking about these guards. Uh, you talked about Isaiah Thomas. Sounds like a guy that we're going to X out of our player pool. I'm not. Uh, I'm not looking at him too much. I think Yahoo. He had an interesting price. I believe it was. I was looking at some of the uh, you know RG optimals and whatnot. I mean, he does have a, a cheap enough price tag where you can consider it. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how much I'm going to get of him. Uh, Jordan McCree. We talked about him a little. He has that 50 point upside here, and this is the perfect game environment for him. Uh, what are you kind of doing with him here? I do like it as a GBP target, especially given the three and four, uh, three games and four nights for the for Washington. I could see if they do um, ease up on Beal at all, you would think that McCree will be the winner there. Uh, he's one of the best creators on the ball that they have. Um, so if Beal's minutes are limited in any way, it would figure would stand to reason that McCree is is a winner. So it's. If he was a little bit cheaper, I think I'd be even more interested. He's still uh, – his price has come down from, from when he was dominating without Beal, but it's still not maybe at a level that represents his current role. So there is a – you know, if you're rolling out multiple GVP lineups, I think he's perfectly fine to have in the pool and, and probably wise to include in there. Single entry, I don't think he'll make the cut. If he's a last guy in, I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with that given the ceiling, but um, – you know, not a guy that I'm, I'm trying to jam in there. Yep, I'm with you on that. By the way, we got Dan Bach in the chat, and he's saying, uh, just here's an expert tip for you guys. Any game that's minus 140 on the sharp side streak, uh, less if it counts, if you like Cleveland, just take the money line instead. You don't have to lay that too. Just take the money line, and it still counts as the same thing for the streak contest. So that's some good stuff from the boss man, Dan Bach. Uh, you know, appreciate that, helping the people out win some, uh, you know, good old money. Uh, let's talk about these. Uh, clean- oh my goodness! Uh, we got we got soccer. Look at here, uh, this guy uh, right here. I am so proud of you right now. We got to put a lock on this I'm door. I'm so right now. We need proud a lock of you on this right door. now. With all that time we've been training, and you got. I was in the gym. I missed the opening. How was it? Was it good? It was good. We've been rolling so all far. Right. You, you just got to make sure to look at that, that, yeah. that camera. Okay. That yeah. camera. I, listen, I, I appreciate so Dave, I, listen, I appreciate it. Monkey Knife promo code grinders gets you $50 off. You know that? I know Tell that. Yeah. All right. How about you You make your way out of here? Pockets on swole. Post-workout. SBK. Get them on swole. on Twitter. Get them up. We got to get We got to get security in here. We got to get locks on these doors. Yeah, that can't have that happen. That may have been the best photo uh, or video bomb since Becky uh, back in the day at the RG party. But uh, Soccer Dave oh, jumping wow, in yeah. to say, stop jumping in to say hi, even though his Titans are out of the Super Bowl. Glad we don't have yeah. to deal with him being so irritating in Nashville in a couple of weeks. Uh, but yep. let's dive in and talk about this Cleveland value because I think there's a lot to like here with with uh, these guys, right? And it's because of the matchup. It's not that I like uh, Chetty Osman. It's not like I like Darius Garland or Colin Sexton. It's just I love the matchup here. So which one kind of sticks out to you uh, as the best value? So I think it's somewhat site-dependent. Uh, Garland is 4-7, I believe, on Fandle. Um, if he's 5-5 five, five on DraftKings, and given the that Sexton and him are fairly close in salary on DraftKings, I'll go Sexton 100 times out of 100 over there. I think the decision is a little bit tougher on Fandle, especially given that you have the roster two point guards. Um, so I think he's. I think Garland is a better play on Fanduel. I'll definitely have more exposure to Sexton on DraftKings, but um, Sexton on Fanduel is a, also a fine target at, at 6K. So both these guards, I think, offer value over there. I think Garland is someone I'll probably avoid on DraftKings. Though. Yeah, one thing I really like about Sexton, if you're in the lineup HQ right here, you know you can click on his name. I had to click. You pull up his game log SPK and you slide on over. You can see the usage numbers, right? And the usage has gone up. If you look earlier in the year, it was a lot lower. It was in the low 20s. But that was because of Jordan Clarkson. With Jordan Clarkson gone over his last four, three or four games, he has an over 30 usage rate. Uh, I, I love that from, from Sexton. They're really giving him that burn and run that he needs. And this matchup against Washington, it's perfect. You know, they, they like to go small. So uh, I expect Sexton to get decent run. I think he's a really, really strong uh, tournament option. He, we got him over here at 26% ownership. Uh, Garland's another guy you talked about. He's a little salary uh, re- relief play here from Stevie. What about Chetty Oseman? I saw him popping in some stuff. Uh, any interest in having him as a value play? I think just given the nature of the game, that this is a, a place where Cleveland should score more than they generally do, 
his minutes, like, like Cleveland's playing their starters for big chunks of minutes, especially the games that stay even remotely competitive. So if he can see 30 minutes of floor time, there's absolutely a path to him hitting value. I think he's 4-4 on both sites, I believe. So there's definitely an opportunity for him to um, finagle his way into to hitting GPP value. Not probably a guy I'm itching to roster in, in cash games. The floor is obviously fairly low. But anybody on this slate uh, in this game that we can get at that price that's seeing those types of minutes, I think it's, it's viable. Um, it's just not something I'd feel great about going in, but would not shock me if he ends up you know, 30 fancy points. And at that price, that's great return. Yeah, last two guys I'm thinking about that we should touch on here uh, in, in, you know, to kick off this game is Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, right, against the Wizards. This seems like a great spot for them. Uh, I get it. Tristan Thompson, his price isn't the best. It's probably Kevin Love is like the better point-per-dollar guy. We got him at a 5.3 uh, point-per-dollar. Who's your favorite of the two? So F- DraftKings did a better job, I think, of pricing these guys than FanDuel did. FanDuel just doesn't really seem to have interest in raising those prices, even given the matchup. Thompson's 5.9K on FanDuel, which I think is going to lead to him being fairly popular. Uh, I believe that Whiteside's probably the only other real true center that people are going to want to get exposure to. So we should probably see Thompson fairly popular on FanDuel. I think the DraftKings price is going to make it tougher for people to go there. Um, But between the two, I definitely have more interest in Kevin Love on both sites. Uh, He's my favorite power forward target on FanDuel. And the 8.1 tag on DraftKings isn't prohibitive, I don't think. So I will absolutely have more exposure to Love than Thompson. And I think Thompson is actually probably going to be one of my favorite fades on this slate. Even at the 5.9 on FanDuel, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, but the Wizards have been a little bit better against centers since Jan Mahimi took over. Um, Mahini himself, I think, is also a GPP option and uh, somewhat of a suitable pivot off Thompson. But, um, but yeah, so I don't think I'm going to end up with much exposure to TT. Well, the thing, will... I'll, the thing I'll ask you is with ownership, right? SBK, like, he's 4% over here on, on the uh, RG ownership, and it's 34% for uh, Kevin Love. Do you think, like, there's GPP upside there for you to take that chance at the ownership? Because I think that's something definitely to talk about. There is. I think you're going to need to have everything pretty much go – Perfectly right, though. At 7-3, he's going to need a pretty big game um, to, to make value there. So, I mean, just especially we haven't gotten to touch on the studs in the later games yet, but given that they are more of a priority for me, I don't see myself spending that type of cap on Tristan Thompson, especially that given even the 5.9 tag on FanDuel, I'm not too excited to play him. So um, I get what you're saying. I think it does make sense. But for me personally, that's not an avenue I'm going to take. Yeah, and one reason I mentioned that is because his ownership, right, 4%. Reason why is going to be uh, uh, just to kind of give people, like, the, the quick over- overview of the slate. Uh, you know, Jared Allen and Hassan Whiteside are two of, like, the chalkier options on the entire day. Uh, if you look at lineup HQ, they're going to take up a lot of ownership. I think they're going to be, like, the cash game building blocks. You got Allen at 53%. You got Whiteside at 42%. So a, a guy like Tristan Thompson, all those centers, like, just basically any center is naturally going to go under-owned. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the reason for Tristan Thompson having that really low ownership. And you can roster Kevin Love at that power forward position. Guys, before we kind of dive in and talk about these studs and some of the better players, please hit the like and subscribe for us. We really, really, really appreciate that. We need 200 likes. We get 200. You get Blender's Roto Academy course that teaches you how to do a little MME builds, shows you his process and strategy that he goes through every single day. Uh, SBK, now let's dive in and talk about the studs, right? Uh, we'll take out the Washington and Cleveland game here on the lineup HQ, and we'll look at the you know the the last two games. We got Lakers, Brooklyn, Dallas, Portland. We got Dame, Luca, Kyrie, LeBron. All the stars are out tonight. Uh, who's your favorite of the studs? I'm gonna go with Luca for right now. I think Anthony Davis is currently listed as questionable. If he were to sit, that obviously brings LeBron up a notch. Um, but I do – stacking the Dallas-Portland game, I think, is going to be the approach I'm going to take in single-entry tournaments. So it kind of makes sense for me to go a little bit there as well. So I think if I can only roster one of these guys, it's Luka tonight. Yeah, so I agree with you, right? Luka's an amazing play. He's someone I want to get to. The price tag, it's a little tough, right? Uh, and, and the value, right? Like I see, val- I see value in Jared Allen, right? Jared Allen's a value play for me at 5.9. I don't have these 3K values, so I don't know how much Luka I'm definitely going to get. If I can find a way to get him, sure, I'm going to play Luka. Like I'm not going to not do it. It's against Portland, an amazing matchup. While we're talking about him here, one thing I want to mention, I'll pull up the uh, 
I'll pull up the Rotor Grinders Court IQ. Uh, if you look at Luca, he has one of the best uh, DVA matchups here on the defensive archetype tool. Uh, you know, he's a combo guard and Blazers. They are 29th against combo guards. And one thing, uh, if you scroll over, and I, if you look on the right of my screen, you can see it here. This is the rebound numbers. And I'll scroll down, and I'll show you guys because I think this is super interesting. You see the 35 number here. It's in the right-hand corner. It's a pain to go down and scroll. But he is the, num- he is the number one rebound percentage uh, you know, spot on the entire slate based on uh, you know, the rebounds versus average position. So this is a great rebound spot for a guy like Lucas. So maybe that triple-double upside is really there tonight because you know he's going to get those assists. Uh, he gets the rebounds too, but uh, just an even better opportunity for him. Uh, I'll tell you who my favorite stud looks like it's going to be. And I think it's probably going to be a guy like a Kyrie Irving, right? Still, if you look at the line of HQ, he's got a nice four point, uh, 5.4 uh, point per dollar salary, and it's going to be a really good spot, right? He's going to command so much usage. I understand the matchup isn't the easiest, but that's kind of when Kyrie thrives a little bit. Uh, in those matchups where you know he has to shoot the ball, he has to kind of create his own shot and do his thing. I like Kyrie here. What do you think about him at 5.4 uh, point per dollar? So I kind of call him like a big game hunter. He's a guy that I think gets up for these, these types of games, especially a game against LeBron, Anthony Davis. That's, there's obviously some extra added motivation for him, I think. Um, there's been no note of a minutes restriction. He missed the last game against Philly on Martin Luther King Day, but no word of any restriction, and I wouldn't expect one at this point. So at 8.4 on DraftKings, I, I do like that play a lot. Um, I think he's even a, a nice kind of secondary stud if you can. I think there's there'll be ways to roster him alongside one of LeBron or uh, Luka Doncic. Perhaps to you know roster some uncomfortable value, perhaps. But there's definitely ways to make that work, and I do like that call at his price too. There's definitely a ceiling there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him at 9, 9K, 9.5K. I get it. The matchup's not the easiest in the world, but he seems to be maybe my uh, favorite stud at the top, if you force me to pick, but there's so many, right? Uh, let, let's dive in and talk about LeBron, right? What are you doing with him with Anthony Davis? Uh, how are you kind of approaching that situation on this slate? So he's obviously a fine play regardless. Uh, if Davis is out, that might, especially on DraftKings where he's 10-4 and Lucas 12-3, if we uh, – I mean, we will have word before that game locks and before Donkey locks as well. So that'll probably push me toward LeBron, especially I think you made a good point about there not really being any totally trustworthy value toward the, you know, toward minimum price, which kind of would make that 12.3 price tag a little bit easier to fit. So I think if we get word that Davis is out and it's going to be LeBron's show uh, against Kyrie and Brooklyn, they actually didn't have to – they did play last night as well in New York, but it's a non-travel back-to-back, so I, I like that for, for LeBron. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he's without AD, you're going to see 35, 36, 37 minutes. Uh, he hasn't been great in the games without Davis this year, but most of that is because he hasn't shot the ball well. He's, the peripheral stats are still there, still racking up assists, still racking up rebounds. So uh, if the shooting comes around a little bit better, he's you know could very easily be the top scorer on the slate. So a lot of this is still dependent on injury news. We only have three games, but two of them have pretty impactful news that we're still waiting on. So it's going to be another one of those nights where you're just going to have to kind of keep your eye on the Roto-Grinders DFS Alerts app, kind of wait for that news, and, and react to it when we get it. Yeah, so uh, SBK, uh, talk to me about if AD is out. Let's say he's randomly scratched. Wouldn't it be the first time that's ever happened? Uh, we're, we're kind of expecting him to play, but there's a chance he doesn't. So let's say he doesn't play. Uh, I got up here the court IQ. Uh, you know, what are you kind of liking here? Uh, we see LeBron gets a 36.2% usage bump. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 20, 25.3%. Uh, Rondo could be interesting, right? His fantasy point per minute's at 1.15. He gets some burn. Uh, what do you kind of think is the best move to go here? So Kuzma will be the, uh, Kyle Kuzma will be the guy who probably starts if, if Davis is ruled out. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on actually – outside of this Davis news is that with um, DeAndre Jordan out, there really isn't a backup center on the nets that, that will see any type of minutes. And if Allen gets in any kind of foul trouble early, they could be in big trouble. Um, and the Lakers happen to have two centers who are very good for a minute producer, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. Both of their values would rise even further if we don't have Anthony Davis. So I kind of like them as uh, – kind of off the radar a bit GPP plays. I think Howard will probably carry somewhat of an ownership. Um, and both of them will fought, probably be fairly popular if Davis does sit. But 
Given the lack of depth in the front court for Brooklyn, this could absolutely be a spot where, if given the opportunity, uh, one of them smashes. So I think that's interesting. Rondo, the court IQ numbers certainly look good. He's kind of a guy where you don't really know where the minutes are going to go. They're going to be around 20. If he gets you to 22-23 without Davis, there's absolutely a path to him being valuable and being one of the better value guards. So those, I think the two centers, Rondo and Kuzma, all become viable. And even a guy like Danny Green, you know, once in a blue moon, he will give you that 30, 35-point outing when he's shooting 6 of 10 from three-point range, racks up a couple blocks and steals. So he has those games, and those are kind of the games that you kind of need if you're going to be at the top of the GBP on a night like tonight. So I don't mind looking in that direction either. Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention too with, uh, again, this uh, I love looking at the uh, defense first archetype tool uh, here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, Rajon Rondo actually pops in some spots, right, uh, in, in this situation, just in this matchup, even if AD plays. He sees a 16.46% usage bump, which, again, if Rondo's getting usage, I want some Rondo, so he seems like a good tournament play. His shots go up 28.22%. The three points goes up. We know Rondo's not chucking a ton of them. And even the assists go up at 8%. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some opportunity for Rondo to maybe have – that type of upside game. So, uh, yeah, that, that's something I definitely looked at here, looking at this uh, defensive archetype tool that I think was worth uh, talking about. One thing you mentioned, too, with JaVale McGee and, and Dwight Howard, let's say that they end up becoming, you know, chalkier options. I don't know how the ownership will shake up, but we already have, like, Allen and Whiteside be, being uh, taken up by a ton of roster spots. So what's going to happen is either guys like Allen and guys like Whiteside, one of those two, or both, probably just one of them, will become a lesser-owned play, and then one of those Lakers will shoot up. So there's opportunity to really leverage in GPPs. I think what will happen is people will play Allen and they'll play McGee, and then I think Howard and Whiteside would be the uh, more under-owned options, I guess you could say. What do you think about that? I agree on that 100%. Um, Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Yeah. All right. Let's dive back in. Let's talk about, uh, you know, we talked about this Lakers situation. Uh, I think you broke it down really well. Uh, let's shift over to another star. Let's shift over to Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, Daladane, he went off the other night. It was an awesome, awesome game. Uh, you know, loved watching it. And I'm expecting his usage. I think it's like 33%. Uh, it was the last game. I'm expecting it to still be in that same uh, ballpark. And we obviously need the CJ McCollum news. So uh, talk about Damian Lillard, how you want to approach him at that 9.9K price tag with and without CJ McCollum. So this is another game environment I like. Uh, I think if McCollum is ruled in, the 229 total seems a little bit low to me. This seems like a game that uh, should be in the low to mid-230s with how these, these, these teams play. Uh, Portland is not good defensively. Dallas is the best uh, team in the NBA in terms of offensive efficiency. So I think there could be a lot of offense here. And if we don't have McCollum, Willard is once again going to run the show. Um, He'll be a great target. Even in the game between these two teams on Friday night, McCollum left pretty early, so we didn't see a ton of him. Um, and this game still went over. I think it ended up landing in the mid-230s, maybe the high-230s. But Lillard and Luca both uh, both looked great. Um, Lillard started a little bit slow, came on kind of later. Um, I think with McCollum in, the 9.9 tag and the fact that he's coming off of like a million-point fantasy game might – uh, kind of skew his ownership a little bit upwards of where it probably should be. But, um, yeah, without CJ, I mean, he's he's dominant. We see a 38% usage rate there, 1.61 fantasy points per minute. Those numbers are absurd. So in a game where we should see a lot of offense, I love it as a GPP target. I don't think he'll get much love at the top with LeBron, Luka, Kyrie available for a, a pretty um, a non-negligible discount, I would say. So I think he'll probably get lost in the weeds a bit. If we, especially if we don't get that McCollum news until till, till later on, closer to tip, and there's really not much in the way of pivoting options. So I think he'll go a little under owned, and he absolutely has a ceiling here for sure. Yeah, real quick, guys, we're only at 56 likes over here on YouTube. We got to get to 200. If we get to 200, we get to see uh, Blender's, uh, you know, Road Academy course, which breaks down multi entry. So, guys, please hit that like now for us. We got to get it by the end of the show, and this show ends at 620. It's in 30 minutes. and I'm just going to keep saying it until we get it, guys, because I want to give you some free stuff. So, uh, you know, just do it now. Uh, that way we can keep diving in and talking about the slate. Uh, I do want to touch on this, uh, you know, situation a little bit. Hassan Whiteside, right? And one reason why he's really chalky. The usage 19% is whatever, but the fantasy point per minute, right? 1.27 and all of the stocks he can get, uh, all of the rebounds. Uh, I'm not that worried about, uh, you know, Dallas on the rebounding end. This could be a really big spot for Whiteside. You could see that 2020 game. 
Uh, that's one reason why I think he's going to be a really chalky option. Uh, how are you approaching it at his ownership, though? Is he worth fading, possibly? We know Whiteside can, you know, just absolutely sometimes look like a disaster out there, but I kind of just don't think this is the spot to mess around and get too cute. So, I mean, there's obviously paths to fading him that I think makes some sense. Uh, Tristan Thompson, uh, more so on Fando, I think it's a little bit easier to, to work him in when you have the two center spots to play with on DraftKings. But on FanDuel, where the price difference between him and Tristan Thompson is massive, I, I think for that reason we'll probably see more people on Thompson. But the big thing that I like with Whiteside, and people have probably started to notice this over the last week, is that his minutes are uh, have been trending up. And as long as he's staying out of foul trouble, he's absolutely a guy that, we, that could see 35 minutes in this game. So given the per-minute upside, which has always been massive his entire time in the league, if he's playing 34, 35 minutes, the ceiling – is uh, very high and Dallas kind of lacking bigs at this point. We haven't really got to them yet, but Dwight Powell is out with an ACL injury. They'll, you'll see more Maxi Kleber there, uh, Chris has Porzingis. And those are two guys that I don't think really have a prayer of containing Whiteside down low. His rebounding numbers should be high. I would expect a fairly nice block number. So uh, he is a tough fade for sure. And I think, uh, especially given that I like the environment of this Dallas-Portland game, I think more than the industry does as a whole, I think he's a guy that I'm going to lock in fairly early. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, we got a couple QQs here that I want to dive into, and then we'll get back talking about the Portland situation. We got a Yahoo QQ from Flim Flam. Uh, Mahini or Nance in a GPP? I know John Henson is back, but Nance still a pretty good play. I would go Mahimi in that one for sure. Um, I think Nance has a little bit of GPP viability given his price tag and his propensity to put up decent per minute numbers when given the opportunity. But we got word, I think like a minute before we got we started the show, that John Henson's going to play. That could potentially eat into a minute or two. And given that he's not, Nance isn't seeing a ton as it is, um, I think that makes him riskier. So. Yeah, we have Nance at twenty. We have Nance at twenty three minutes, uh, and we have Henson at ten. Does that sound about right to you right now? Yeah, I think that's fairly accurate. I could see, you know, Nance. I think was in the mid to higher twenties um, against New York, but they didn't have Henson in that game, so I could see the split being a little bit more even. It's kind of tough to know what Cleveland's going to do with the back end of their bench. Um, so yeah, I think Mahini is the easy answer for me there. All righty. Uh, we got another QQ here. It says, what's the max player amount one team? Uh, what's the max player amount from one team I should use on this small slate? Uh, what do you kind of think about that, SBK? I'd say it kind of depends a little bit on the team you're targeting. I think we actually do have some optimal lineups. I think Yahoo is one of them where there's four calves in there. Just yes, I, that's the one I saw. Yeah, so I think it kind of depends on the team a little bit. Dallas is another team where I could see three, four guys making sense. Um, you have Luca. You're not going to probably roster him and Porzingis together, but Maxi Kleber, Dorian Finney-Smith all have some viability. So I'd say four is probably as high as I want to go. I couldn't really envision a scenario where five would make sense uh, on a three-game slate. So I'd, I'd say four, and it kind of depends on the team to a degree as well. Yeah, also, don't don't be afraid to run it back, too. If you're playing four of those calves, run it back. Uh, get get a wizard in there, a low-owned wizard in your tournaments. That's a good move. Uh, Philip Grandview, he's got a uh, question. Uh, is Wilson Chandler, Chandler contrarian play on DK? What's your thoughts on that? Let's see what the projection's saying, what you got to say. So he's contrarian, that's for sure. I just don't think it's a, an area we need to go. I don't think his per-minute numbers are going to rise much, given the lack of depth in the front court. Um they may play a little smaller. Uh, I would be surprised if he saw upwards of like 22, 23 minutes. And just given he's maybe a 0. 0.65, 0. 0.7 points per minute guy. So given that uh, he's contrarian, that part is definitely correct, but not uh, not a player I'd, I'd really want to have in my builds tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. I was watching Blender do the uh, the early morning show at 11 a.m. and he was, you know, he exouts all his guys and then he puts in the guys that he likes and like I I wouldn't be putting Wilson Chandler back in. That's just me though. I don't think that would fit for me. I'd find a different contrarian play. Uh, guys, again, hit that like for us. We'll we'll do some questions at the towards the end of the show. We're going to keep diving in, but uh, uh, yeah, hit that like for us. Uh, we got to get to 200 uh, and then we'll kind of get diving into the QQs more. But we got to talk about some of these situations. We haven't talked about Simons here. Uh, he's a cheap value that you can consider. Uh, is the price too much now, right? We were paying 3.2K for him at one point. Now it's 4.5K. What do you think about him here as a value? 
He will not be in my builds. If McCollum's ruled out, that obviously changes things a bit. But um, we're going to have Trevor Ariza there now. It's kind of his. He's one of the kind of tougher guys to figure out on the slate, Ariza. Given that we don't really know what the minutes are going to look like, we do know that he's going to start. So Simon's the per minute upside is generally not there. I think he's was a little bit better per minute wise without Lillard relative to how he's doing without McCollum. So uh, he's not a guy that that I'm going to have included in my builds now. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i definitely not the biggest fan of him. I think he's okay. I like Ariza more. Ariza's the guy, man, they traded for him for a reason. This is like the perfect situation for him. When I first saw that Bazemore was getting traded, I was trying to think, what could they be doing? Like, why are they trading into the Kings? Who could be the guy? And then Trevor Ariza pops my mind. Like, it just fits and makes so much sense. Uh, this Blazers team, they're pushing for the playoffs. They're trying to get there. They got Nurkic coming back as well. Uh, I love Ariza here. I think he's one of the better values. And if you look here on RG, we got him at a 5.6 point per dollar. He seems like a really good play. Uh, small forward and power forward eligible at 3.5K. And he's tagged as a cash game play, a GPP play, a salary relief play. Uh, SBK, Ariza, he might be my favorite uh, My favorite uh, Blazer behind maybe Dame and Whiteside. I get it. Uh, and I think especially, you know, we saw Bazemore when he was in that small forward role for them starting. He was generally around between like 29, 31 minutes. So, you know, generally where we have Risa projected right now. This was one of the toughest situations for me last night to try to figure out how this was going to shake out and, and how many minutes he would play in his debut here. I settled on 29. I could absolutely see 30. I think there's a chance he gets into the low 30s and maybe the mid 30s if things go right. The per minute upside obviously is a little bit concerning, um, but given the price and the expected minutes on this slate in a game that's going to be up tempo, I definitely understand the rationale for it. I think given the projected ownership, so we have what twenty eight percent on DraftKings. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we have met twenty eight percent. Which uh, yeah, I mean, I could see it even getting higher uh, because again, like the value's yeah. not the greatest today. It's not the best value in the world. No, and I think he's, I want to say, 40% projected ownership on FanDuel. So I think given that and just the uncertainty surrounding his role, I think there are some other options in that small forward spot that you can pivot to and, and feel comfortable with. I think there's enough, you know, there's enough, there are scenarios that you can envision here to where he, you know, maybe doesn't get to his minute projection. And if that's not the case, then I think he's going to have a very tough time hitting value. So there are merits to fading. I think he is a pretty safe cash game play. I think we can probably pencil him in for minutes in the, in the high 20s to low 30s. So just given the core time, you know, he's going to be out there to, to basically shoot threes, uh, defend some wings. So I definitely get it. He's not and never has been an exciting option, but his price tag on, on both sites, it is kind of hard to get away from him, especially in cash games. Yeah, and uh, speaking of shooting threes, uh, I want to bring up Mello, who we haven't talked about yet. Uh, does he have the GBP upside at 6K for you? If you look at the defense first archetype tool, this is the shot. This is the perfect spot for Mello. I just said shots by accident instead of spots because if you look, the shots versus average, he has got the best increase of anyone on the slate. So it looks like he's going to get the you know the biggest boost in shots on this slate. And this is Car- Carmelo Anthony, who's not afraid to shoot. Sounds like he's going to get some room to shoot with a 31.54% uh, bump on that he even gets a rebound bump an assist bump just all these bumps go to him against the blazers uh mellow in tournaments and cash games seems pretty tasty to me. yeah i mean he's allergic to passing uh i think if he saw this stat he'd, he'd probably want to get up 25 shots tonight i think if mccollum sets that also does something for his ceiling and floor uh i absolutely think he's viable in gpps and i think his ownership will be noticeably lower because of how popular trevor reese is going to be so uh i like that call a lot in tournaments yeah, uh, love that play. Uh, guys, we're at 92, 92 YouTube likes, man. We got to get to 200. We got 20 minutes to do it, and we got Dan Bach. We got Cam. We got the bosses in there. You don't want that. Don't, don't get us embarrassed with them in the chat, guys. Hit us to 200. We want to get there, and we want to give you Blender's uh, Roto Academy course where he shows you GBP breakdowns. And, again, today's a three-game slate. Have fun with do, you know doing your multi-entry, but uh, tomorrow's the good one, right? Fridays are always gay, great 10-game slate. So, uh, yeah, guys, please jump on in. Hit that like for us. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, are, we, are we going to be the first show to like not get this 200 likes thing? That's like not a precedent I want to set. So we have to find a way to get there. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to set that. And uh, I was on the show that hit the first 225. So uh, I can't be letting down. This is no letdown spot with my first show with USBK. So no, yeah, I don't want that at all either. So guys, hit that like button. Do not leave me out to dry in this first show. 
Yeah, don't don't yeah. do that to my man over here. But mm-hmm. let's 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 talk about one of the best values on the slate. We haven't talked too much about the Nets. We talked about Kyrie a little bit. Uh, Kyrie's a guy that we like a lot. Think he's a great play. Uh, let's talk about the Nets side of the ball a little. Let's talk about Jared Allen. Uh, this is what I was going to ask you when I was thinking about uh, you know doing this show with you. I was going to say, uh, what do we have Jared Allen's minutes for? You haven't projected for thirty three minutes. So who on earth is playing the other? What is that? Fifteen minutes or or twelve minutes? However many it is. Who's playing the other center minutes? Because I just expect Jared Allen's going to get all the time at the center position. Yeah, it's going to be tough. They don't really have a backup big right now. They have, in addition to DeAndre Jordan being out, Nick Claxton is also out. So they have really no depth in the front court. So there is absolutely a scenario where Allen plays 36, 38 minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble. The Lakers do like to attack the rim. They have a couple guys very capable of doing that. So – if fouls rear their ugly head and they have to pivot away, um, I think we'll just see some smaller lineups with, you know, even a guy like Wilson Chandler potentially seeing some center minutes. Um, regardless, they're going to be very small. And I think in that scenario, it's going to be uh, fee city for the Lakers. Anybody that can get to the rim there is going to be dominant. And I think the two centers that we touched on earlier too, especially Dwight, if he sees backup minutes with against Wilson Chandler as a center, um, that's going to be ugly for Chandler. So it's tough to know who's going to see the backup center minutes. I don't think it really matters much from an actual DFS perspective because none of those guys are really targetable, I don't think. But I could see some extra Tarney Prince, some extra Kairos Levert, those guys who uh, are just kind of solid contributors could see more minutes as the Nets go smaller. But there's really no DFS viable option behind Allen that you could even think about pivoting to. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Absolutely love Allen, one of the best plays. Let's talk about the other guys. I mean, Dinwiddie at 7K, he feels a little bit expensive, but I think he can make some sense. It's, the ownership's a little too close to Kyrie, right? I, I would like it as a leverage play if Kyrie was 37%, and then if you had Dinwiddie at like 10%. Um, so maybe not. I'm not as in love with Dinwiddie. Uh, Joe Harris is 4.1K, and he's popping a little bit as a nice play at uh, 5.3 point per dollar. Uh, and someone else said it also. Uh, someone else, Donnie Watson, he had a question in the chat. He said, Chetty Osman or Joe Harris in DKGPP? So talk about uh, Harris, and is that the uh, guy you want over Chetty? That's a tough one. That's actually a great question. I think those guys are very similar. They have similar minute projections, similar fancy point for minute projections. I think I'd give the slight edge to Harris, but it's very close. Um, but gun to my head, I think I'm going Harris there. It's tough. There's a couple kind of viable – guys on this net side below 5k i think my favorite of the bunch is levert closely followed by prince but um harris is is absolutely viable too yeah the one thing i worry about and i talk about this a lot when i'm uh you know rostering players how many nets are too many nets because uh they're playing the lakers uh the lakers are not a fun matchup it's a very difficult one uh and Kyrie and allen they're two i definitely want to get exposure to so uh you know i guess if you're building your multi-entry like is four nets too much three because again uh, Lakers is not an easy match to deal with. Like I love these values and Prince. He's fine too. think he's a good play. You can mix and match Harris, even Levert. Like all these nets are worth, you know, mixing and match throughout your lineups. But I kind of get a little worried, maybe putting four nets in my lineup. I think it's a valid concern. The Lakers are third in defensive efficiency on the season. They have uh, several capable bigs who are viable ring, ring protectors. They're not a pushover by any means. I think three is probably as high as I would want to go. I think Jared Allen, we can, you know, we know he's going to be popular and for good reason. We've kind of discussed why they have no front court depth. So I think he's a guy really regardless of what you're trying to shoot for with the build is, is viable. Kyrie, Dinwiddie, you're not going to play them together, obviously. So one of them I think is viable. And then those kind of value options where we have Harris, Prince, uh, Levert, I don't think I'd want to roster any of those two guys together necessarily. Um, I think one thing that's important with the value here is to try to not roster guys together that sort of see value from one another in certain stack categories. So I think that's obviously always an important thing to, to consider when you're rostering multiple players on the same team. You don't necessarily want them cannibalizing each other's stats. So I think three would be the most I'd be comfortable with on this side, but um, in my single entry build as it stands now, I think I just have one. I think it's just Jared Allen. So I'm not totally. Uh, oh, we, we got big news, SBK. Uh, I, I was going to show something on the lineup builder, but this is big. JaVale McGee is out tonight uh, with flu-like symptoms. I uh, would expect uh, Dwight Howard to start. Uh, so, yeah, that's really interesting. And, I mean, I'm assuming AD is going to play because of that. He might force himself to play a little bit. But 
Um, things have changed. Uh, how does this kind of shake things up for you? Maybe we can pull up the uh, I'll pull up the uh, the court IQ and kind of take Javale McGee off the court instead of Anthony Davis. We'll do that. Okay, I'm gonna try to. I might be able to kind of do some real time projection edits and kind of know you know where where we're going with the minutes here. I don't think we're gonna move up on LeBron at all. Thirty five. Davis kind of to be determined if they say he's not on a minutes limit. I think we'll probably come up to 32 or 33. We have him at 31 right now. They've been monitoring his minutes a bit. Dwight Howard is going to be the big question mark. If he starts, I think a 26 minute projection isn't crazy. I think we'll probably be closer to maybe 24, 25. Um, Kuzma probably gets a one minute bump. We had him at 27. I can see him going to 28. Rondo's even a guy. We have him at 19. I can see up at 20, 21. Um, they don't really have much in the way of uh, front court depth behind uh, Howard in terms of centers. You know, they haven't really needed it at all. Um, so we could see Jared Dudley maybe work his way in. Um, I haven't really looked at him at all today, so I don't fully know what the situation with him is. He's not a guy we project to be in the rotation with McGee in there. So yeah, you, you got nothing on Dudley in here, unless uh, yeah. unless I've mixed out. I don't know. Well, probably not. not generally a rotation piece with. Both those guys, with you know, they are healthy pretty much. If if we see LeBron or, or Davis sit, he'd probably slot in there at a ten minute projection, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think Dwight Howard's a big winner here, and I think that might reshape the center projected ownership a decent bit. Given yeah. that I think uh, going cheap at center is probably going to be the play now. I think that's going to dip Whiteside's ownership. I think as you alluded to earlier. So yeah, I think that kind of changes. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's 100% going to change like Whiteside's ownership. Uh, not saying he's going to just go under-owned by any means now, but uh, that's something to look at in your GPPs for certain. So, uh, yeah, have to like that. Um, any other guys? I just did the – so I did the uh, court IQ. I have it up on my screen. This is just with JaVale off. Uh, you know, we see uh, – let's see what the bumps are, right? The bumps, and uh, that's not the greatest. Uh, Horton, Tucker, I don't think that's anything. You see LeBron and Davis, they get some usage bumps. Uh, at uh, 2.3% and 2.8, and then no one else really gets huge bumps. Um, Kuzma, right? Kuzma maybe could get a little bit more burn, I guess you could say. And, and with Anthony Davis kind of not feeling the best, if the Lakers are leading, right, they're not going to, you know, just lean on Anthony Davis to do a ton. They might just kind of, uh, you know, put him on the bench uh, earlier and give Kuzma some, some more runs. So that could help him as well, I believe, right? Yeah, one thing I think we should note is that we only had McGee projected for 16 minutes. So there's not a ton of extra uh, playing time left to go around. I think a couple of those minutes, at least three or four, potentially five, are going to Dwight Howard. And then after that, it's pretty much just bumping a, a guy up by a minute or two. There's no real clear way that they'll divide those minute up minutes up among the bench guys. So I don't think, you know, just from a, strictly from a minutes, you know, where are they going? There's not a ton of them to be allotted. So I don't think this changes a ton. It certainly does make Dwight Howard and Kyle Kuzma a little bit more attractive, mainly Howard. But uh, I just wanted to note that, that we only had him projected for 16 minutes. So as excited as we were about that news and what it might mean, it's not maybe as impactful as, as we might have made it sound initially. Yep, agree with you on that. Guys, listen up. We got 134 likes. That is 66 short of 200. You have 10 minutes to get this done. 10 minutes not to embarrass us. 10 minutes to get Blender's awesome, awesome show that shows the GVP exposures, how he does his process, which is a great, great tool. You're going to get that for free all day tomorrow. So guys, please don't embarrass us. We're only at 134 likes. We got to get this done. So jump on in, hit that like button now. And uh, you know, I'm going to keep saying it till we get it towards the end of the show. So yeah, let's dive in. We haven't talked enough about the maps, right? I saw someone in chat saying these guys haven't mentioned THJ yet. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Porzingis. Uh, we said Luca, an amazing play. We get it. We, we know he's a, one of the best plays on the slate. Not much to say. How about the other maps, right? How are you approaching these guys on this slate? Because if you look at these Mavericks, uh, you know, Porzingis being back, it's going to eat into some production. But now Powell went down. So Maxi Kleber has some nice minutes upgrade here. Hardaway Jr. is one of the better point per dollar. He actually is the best point per dollar here over here. So uh, at 4.7K, a guy who's also shooting guard and small forward eligible, so you have that guard and forward flexibility, can put him in many of your lineups. How do you think THJ is as a play? So I do think all four of those guys that you have there, uh, Hardaway Jr., Finney Smith, Cleaver, and Donkick are all more than viable. Um, Maxi obviously gets a pretty sizable bump with Dwight Powell out. Powell was playing about 30 minutes a night, even with Porzingis in the fold. 
So Kleber, who was already seeing generally 22, 24, 25 minutes, even in that scenario with them healthy in the front court, he probably gets closer to 30 here and is counted on a little bit more down low. He's a pretty good shooter. I know he's great from the foul line. He can shoot the three. So given that he offers some rebounding upside, there's a little bit in the block steals, you, you might, might get something there. So at his price, he's one of my favorite value targets. I don't think that the Mavs will need to play a center with Whiteside off the floor. So I think we may see times where both these teams go a little bit smaller, and which is another reason why I think this game gets into the 230s. So Finney Smith is a guy who I think they're going to be counting on quite a bit without Powell there. Uh, I think Luca is going to miss the role man a little bit. I think that could potentially dock his assist numbers slightly. I don't think it's a total that we might really notice, but uh, Powell was a pretty good role man for him. So I think that's kind of another thing to maybe consider on the Dallas side, but Hardaway jr. Absolutely viable. Um, if he's playing 30 minutes, he's, uh, has always been pretty much relying on points. If his shot's falling at that price, it's not tough. And Dave has walked in again. I ain't feeling. Uh, so I don't I'm know why, why we need him in here. This is your first grinders live. You're always doing the projections. Here. There you go. There you go. Flavored water? Big boy is so Give those fire takes get at 200. Yeah, give us 200 likes just for Dave making two two appearances on Did this kind of them wanting me to take my shirt off for 200 likes? Like they could handle this? I didn't see that. I, I, I think if we get 200 likes, we should not have to see you with your shirt off. It's not a pretty sight. I work with the guy. It's not. You do not want to see that. Um, he's right. The camera. Tell them this is the day. This is the day kitchen special. Let me tell you something about day kitchen. He he needs to be the center of attention, even when it has nothing to do with him. He needs to be the center of attention at all times. That's just how he is. He just can't get over himself. If, if this is a situation that does not even remotely involve him, then what does he do? He ends up waltzing his way in here two times. You're making me drink some orange flavored water. I'm not flavored water. This guy's unbelievable. Um, yeah. I forget where we were before that happened. This we got to get locks on these doors. This is yeah. We, we were talking. We were talking the Mavs, uh, but uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, he, he's a great play. Someone definitely to mix in and match into th- your lineups. Three point three k. You know, we don't have a lot of value. Seth Curry uh, could he be a leverage play off of Tha? Let's say Tha picks up a couple of early fouls, right? Uh, and not a lot of ownership. Is that something that you can consider as like a tournament dart to maybe make your team unique? You know, you play a lot of chalk and then you head over to a guy like Curry as a cheap value play. I'm going to give you an SBK guarantee right now. My first one on the show, I will not have any exposure to Seth, Seth Curry. That will not happen. I get the that he, he could see the next couple of minutes with, uh, with Powell out, but I don't think that jumps much. They don't play the same position. They don't have the same role even remotely. So at 21, 22 minutes, he's going to need a lot to go right. And uh, as I said earlier, the SBK guarantee, I will not have Seth Curry in any of my lineups. Yep, and listen, we got news, but before that, hit that like button so we can talk about this news and break it down, guys. Hit the like now. We're at 167, guys. We got to get to 200. We got to get there, so hit that like now. But we got big-time news. We're breaking it down for you. Hassan Whiteside, he's available, and CJ McCollum, he is out. So no CJ McCollum. Uh, SBK, we talked about the situation a little bit, but uh, let's dive right in again and talk about it. We'll pull up the usage and discuss again. So I think, uh, you know, how you, you touched on Melo. Uh, he's got a lot of things going for him on, on this slate, and now even more so with McCollum out. Can you go down to the differential numbers? Uh, I probably can. Scroll can. down a little bit. Yeah, let me, let me scroll down to that. I was talking to the chat. And, uh, guys, start putting – actually, start putting your, uh, start putting your uh, questions in there so we can hit those up. We got, like, five minutes left. So, yeah, I'm at the differentials. You want me to pull up the usage? Yeah, that looks good. I mean, that's kind of what we would expect. Damian Lillard's seen an 8.1% bump. He becomes a, a very uh, viable target in all formats, even more so than he was before. I think he'll also be more popular now, but the ceiling is immense without McCollum there, and especially in this type of environment. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's kind of strange to see Mello's numbers take a little bit of a dip. I would imagine that the sample size there minutes-wise, I can't see it on the screen right now, but I would imagine that that's pretty small. So I wouldn't put a ton of weight into that number. I still think I'm targeting him pretty confidently. Um, and it probably does make Simons a little bit more viable here. But I think, you know, Lillard, Whiteside, and Mello are going to be the three guys that I'm going to want to focus on there. I don't think I'm going to be going to Portland for much value outside of Trevor Reason. 
Yeah, I'm the other way. I probably will go for those guys. And someone asked them, we'll pull it up now. What do you have Ariza's uh, minutes at? And we currently have him at 29. Um, I'm assuming you guys already have him. You have CJ not in there. So not, is anything really going to change with the projection? Sometimes uh, sometimes like Sites and even you guys, you, you're not as aggressive based on the situation. You'll move some stuff up. Is there anything that you'll move now or you just have this uh, situated for CJ being out? So we still do have McCollum in there. That, that should be touched up in a minute. Um, I would assume that Simons probably goes to closer to 30. We'll see a little bit more from Gary Trent, who posted a big game the other night. I think that might have been that Dallas game. Um, I forget what, exactly where that game was, yeah, but I know he had like 40-something fancy points. Yeah, it was, on his, it was on his birthday. It was oh. the birthday game, the whole narrative. Uh, it was, yeah. yeah, on the first start, yeah, it was Dallas. Or no, it wasn't Dallas. It was OKC. He was 3K, played 36 minutes. Yeah, the night, the night after. I don't think I'll be going there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of playing time to be divvied up there. He's projected for 35 minutes. It was a little bit conservative given that he was questionable. I usually have him at 36 or 37 minutes. So not much is going to change at the top. Whiteside, mellow. Uh, we could see Lillard go up to 38. But other than that, and he's played over 40 in some games where they haven't had McCollum. So you'll see bumps to Trent. You'll see bumps to Simons. Uh but again, I'm not terribly enthralled with rostering either of those guys. I certainly get the ceiling that could come uh, with with both of those guys, but I don't know. They're just uh, I, I think the proje- the projected ownership is going to rise certainly on those two. Um, so yeah. they're not as sneaky at this point, especially on a site like Fanduel that that locks at main lock. We already have this news, so that kind of takes any surprise out there. So. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be mostly the high-end option guys on, on Portland for me. All right, we're going to dive into some QQs. we got a couple minutes for it, and we're at 186 likes, guys. Only 14 more. Get this thing done. You get Blender's video. Uh, do this now. You can get that free, free stuff that we'll be tweeting out on the Roto-Grinders Twitter account. Now we're going to do some rapid-fire QQs, SBK. Uh, I'm landing on McCree or Bertans or Cleaver or Hardaway. So these are the four, McCree, Bertans, Cleaver, Hardaway. Who do you like better tonight of the four? Picking one of them? Yep, just one. I'm going to go Bertans. All right. Uh, Gary Trent and Simon's large field GPPs. Uh, it sounds like guys you want to be overweight on? No, not me personally. I, I get the thought process, but that's not where I'll be. Yeah, I think it depends on your construction uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, how many minutes you, we did the Reza? How many minutes question? Um, let's I will see. touch on that a little bit, though. I think 29 is somewhat, I was somewhat conservative and knew that going in last night. I could certainly see 32 or 33 here, but. This is his first game there. We do know he's going to start. We just don't know exactly what the role will look like, who's going to kind of come off the bench behind him, and how, just how much run they're willing to give him in the first game of the team. So I think there's an upside for 33-34. 29 is a little conservative, so I just didn't want to be way overweight there in a situation we don't really know a ton about. Yeah, and we got a Boban in a GPP. Uh, what's your take on Boban? Not crazy. I think it worked out pretty well in the showdown slate uh, on Tuesday night. We just had one game. He's going to play some minutes. I'm pretty sure of that. It's just kind of a matter of how many. I think he saw 15 or 16 when, when Powell came out the other night and was pretty dominant in those minutes, as he always is from a permanent perspective. So it's not the craziest thing. I think, uh, especially with a guy like Dwight Howard becoming more popular now, uh, that you know Boban might end up with 1% or 2% ownership. So there's certainly a path to that. And if he plays 20 minutes, I mean – We'd all be rostering him if we knew that going in. So if if he gets a little bit more run, there's certainly a path to him being valid. Yep, I agree with you on that. Uh, We're running out of time. We got – listen, we're going to close the show out here. We got to get three more likes. It's only three. Three? So hit – Three likes in the next minute or so as we close this out. Uh, SBK, give me a, give me one of your best plays of the slate, uh, like a conviction play. Who's a guy that you want to be uh, overweight on, a guy that you like a lot tonight? I'm going to go Colin Sexton. I think we kind of touched on him a little bit earlier. Uh, I think you said you would like him a lot as well. Um, But the usage has ticked up. I think you made a good point. Uh, Sands Clarkson with Exum playing more minutes there. Obviously, Exum is not the type of scorer, so they're relying more on Garland and Sexton, as they probably should, given the nature of that team. They're rebuilding. They want to see what they have in those two guys. Um, And the atmosphere couldn't be any better. Washington's the worst. Washington and Cleveland, the two worst defensive teams in the NBA. So getting that and a guy that likes to shoot – can tack on a couple of assists here and there. Generally not too good on that in that category, but um, I think he's kind of the guy that uh, I'm making a point in the mid-range to, to be pretty heavy on. 
Yep, I like that call. Mine is Trevor Ariza. I uh, love Trevor Ariza in this spot. We talked about it, the minutes, everything. I just think he's the perfect guy for them to trade for. It fits their team very, very well. So that's going to be my guy that I like a ton. We got to get on out of here, though. It was great doing a show with you, SBK. Uh, any final thoughts for the people? Did we get to 200? We did, 213. So we made it, man. We did it. Uh, we didn't disappoint. And uh, I think it was a good first show for you. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Um, I'm certainly hoping to hop on more often. I would assume that I was probably looking in the wrong direction for the majority of this time. I like get so locked in on like looking at my screen and like kind of what I'm want to be talking about that I forget that there's like a camera on me. So I think that's the one thing that I can probably work on a little bit and, uh, and hopefully get better after next time. So this is just, this is my rookie year. Uh, looking at having a big, big sophomore performance when I come back. So, you know, just getting my feet wet here and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, it'll be a learning experience of sorts. Yep, we drafted you for your potential. We saw the ceiling in you, so we will uh, we'll have you back for the next show. And hopefully I'm back with you. It was a good time doing the show. But we got to get on out of here. Uh, for me, Travis Mangone and SBK, we're out of here.